Welcome to Four Points Online. We are so honored that you're with us here today. And if God has used this ministry to change your life, we want to hear about it. So go to fourpoints.org slash mystory and tell us. You know what, it's because of your generosity that we are able to expand the kingdom. If you want to give and be a part of what God's doing here at Four Points, go to our website and choose the safe and secure option. Or you can download our app and give there as well. And now we are so excited about hearing a powerful word from God today. When you have weeks like we had this past week, where I was trying to count in my office between first and second service, I believe it's 12 major things that took place Thursday or Friday. Now listen to me. I'm not talking about Monday or Sunday, or two months ago. I'm talking about Thursday or Friday. Holy crud, is anybody in here today? Like, that's a lot. And it's like one of our leaders almost drowned on Thursday in a boating accident. That's a big deal. Is anybody here? <laughs> it freaked us out. Several little ones, babies and infants and toddlers in the hospital. When it's a 45-year-old in the hospital, it... It upsets you because they're your people and you love them. When it's a baby in there, y'all, I mean, those of y'all that have kids know what I'm talking about. It's the most helpless, frustrating. I don't care if they're teenagers. Y'all feel the same thing when they're teenagers because you want to fix it and you know there's nothing you can do. And our care team has been going nuts, and they're amazing how much they're doing. I'm going to clap with you. <laughs> and then Friday night, um, Travis, who plays the guitar, one of his students died in a car accident. He was supposed to be here, and one of his students died in a car accident. Travis had to watch a sheet get put over. I mean, y'all, it's heavy. This is what I know. I know any time that there seems like there's attacks going on, God is about to shift something big time. Because the enemy, listen, the enemy doesn't know exactly what's about to happen, but he studied the film enough to know what looks like is shifting and taking place. And he studies the film in your life to know what's about to take place. So listen, this is big, and I just feel like it's supposed to happen in this service. It's a little bit different than the other one. The reason, the reason that so much anxiety seems to come to your life in certain moments The reason that so much doubt seems to invade your home and you're like, where is this coming from? I was doing so good. I was walking with the Lord. Where is this coming from? The reason that these things seem to invade our lives sometimes and we're just, we sit in these rooms, we feel all the same things and we're like, I'm the only one. I'm the biggest loser. I'm the biggest waste of space. I can't believe I struggled this way. If they knew what I did, if they knew how I struggled, if they knew my sin, if they knew all of these things, they wouldn't ever even want to talk to me. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. And by the way, we all get these things that come in our lives that make it a far worse, that get far deeper, that it feels like a hole in an abyss that you can never get out of. And we think in those moments, I'm the only one here. I'm the only one. I can't get out of it. I can't find myself. And it's heavy. And then, and then when difficulties come, gosh, when it's your kids, when it's your wife, when it's your parents, when you're too young to have to deal with certain things like the loss of a loved one. Mamas, when you got to deal with the loss of a kid, because no mama should ever have to deal with that, or the sickness of a child. When you got to deal with these certain things, it gets far worse than depression or anxiety. It gets to giving up. 
And we just want to throw our hands in the air because we feel like there's no way anybody can ever understand what I'm going through and I just want to quit. And maybe I'm the only one that's alive in the room, but I feel like everybody can agree with me. Are y'all with me? I know it's not shouting time. But it, it, it's so miserable, man. Let me tell you what's fascinating. What's fascinating. This series, Life and Death, is all about the power of your tongue, and it makes no sense that I would be talking about this right now. It is going to make so much sense in just a couple minutes. Because the reality is, the enemy's not aiming for your tongue. He's aiming for your heart. And we try to fix things that can't be fixed. But, 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 what's in our mouth is so critically important. It steers the entire ship, y'all. It's making so much, and, and I'm telling you, if you didn't grow up in certain denominations or certain churches or certain whatever, this is going to be some new information for you, and it might feel like Niagara Falls with a, with a, with a straw, and you're trying to take it all in, and I don't know what I'm going to do, and this is, stop, I can't drink anymore, Pastor, that's enough. I, it might feel that way to some of y'all, and for some of y'all, it's going to almost feel like review, but I'm telling you right now, if we don't start with the death part, then we're not going to be able to get to the life part because death has invaded our lives. And I'm not talking about human beings are dying necessarily. I'm talking about difficulties in our life. But I need you to hear what I'm saying right now. I am not telling you that the difficulty you are currently going through is a facade. I am telling you that the reality that it is never going to change, that God doesn't have newness coming to your life, that he hasn't made all things new, that he hasn't made you on purpose with his glory on you, with his spirit in you, with his name written and attached to you and in his life. If you don't believe that you were made in God's likeness and you just believe today you're a mistake because I believe a lot of people feel that way. If that's not how you feel, then death has come into your heart and invaded you and there's no way you can get anything from what I'm about to say because it's just going to be like falling on deaf ears. So let me start with this. Today is going to be a life-changing day for your life because God is about to open your eyes, some of you, and you're going to go, oh my gosh, that's for me. Life is for me. Hope is for me. He hasn't forgotten me. He hasn't given up on me. He doesn't look down on me and think, what a terrible person. He's just waiting on me to run to him. Because his arms are wide open as a loving father. Today is going to be a great day, y'all. I'm trying to tell y'all it's going to be a great day. So, I want to start this message with this idea. How many of y'all know, and this is going to freak some of y'all out, but just go with me. How many of y'all know that I have the ability to walk into a room, and don't think about me for a second because I'm loud and eccentric. How many of y'all know that you have the ability to walk into a room and change the environment or the atmosphere? It sounds weird because it's like I'm going up to the clouds and it's weird in the atmosphere. Not that kind of atmosphere. The, the temperature, the environment in the room, the culture of the room can shift. When you speak or you make a noise, how many of y'all know, talk to me, how many of y'all know y'all can change? When I'm at home, I don't think, like, when I'm walking around, it's time to change the atmosphere. I don't walk in and talk to Lee and go, Lee, the atmosphere is changing here, so I'm about to do something crazy. Like, that's not how we live. Maybe it's how y'all live. be weird, kind of, but it's all good if y'all want to do that. Whew, it's weird. But, <clears throat> but I like chaos. You can say amen. I like chaos. I like, but I'm talking about organized chaos now, not like just cats and dogs living together, everything, that kind of chaos. I'm talking Y'all like, I got a cat and a dog. What are you talking about, Pastor? Don't worry about it. Just keep going. I'm, I'm talking about like organized to where we control it, but we push it a little bit. So at my mama's house, we're living there 
Lord Jesus, let it be two more weeks. But we're living there right now. We're almost done. It's awesome. My mom is amazing. I'm certainly not talking about that, but it's just, it's just itty bitty living space. So if y'all don't watch Aladdin, y'all won't know what I'm talking about, but that was good. You're welcome. Jeannie. I dab with the genie. So <clears throat> my mom has a doorbell that is very unique. Some of y'all have it. You're going to make it. You talking about me. <clears throat> up halfway up the steps, there's this thing hanging. So it doesn't just go ding dong. It goes ding dong, boom, 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 like a, like a big uh, grandfather clock. And I love it. Listen, it's awesome. Because this is what I found out. I, I tend to like to get into a room, especially with my kids, because if I make my kids laugh, I don't care what else is happening. I'm happy. Okay? <coughs> especially, <coughs> especially when Haston just gets to belly laughing and he's real raspy. And if I can get him laughing... Daddy don't care if he's cool. If I can get you laughing, we're we good. So I learned this by being crazy one night. I'll go upstairs at like 8.30, start getting my stuff ready and whatever, and Haston and Laney will be coming up right behind me. My goal is to beat them up the stairs and then try to scare them, right? But by scaring them, I also want the doorbell to go off. So I say, hey, what's up, everybody? And I learned that when you do that, boom, 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 and it goes off. And I'm like, when it first happened, I was like, that's the coolest thing ever. And for some reason, my kid thinks that I hung the moon and the stars when I do that. Because it goes, <laughs> and he, <coughs> that really does look like him, doesn't it? And he loses his mind. So, listen. If, if I see that reaction, it's going to happen again. And it's going to happen again. And it's going to happen again. And then mom and Leah come out and they go teacher mode on me. If you don't stop, I'm going to come up to boom, boom, boom. I say, you did it this time. It's y'all's fault. <coughs> but <coughs> it's, just, it's just glorious. And when I do that, seriously, the environment of our home changes to a little bit of chaos, but fun and laughing. This morning is Haston's <coughs> fifth birthday. And Haston is not, is not... He gets this from his father and Jesus. It's not a morning person. And I'm talking about zombie nation, not a morning person. I don't want to wake up in school. Like, it's terrible. And Laney's really that way too. So, you're welcome. So, <clears throat> so sometimes if I'm awake, you and that's not always the case. But sometimes if I'm awake, I like to go in there and just rattle the cages a little bit and get them going. Because I've learned that I can pour water on them and it works. Somebody, but I, but. That, that gets them angry. But if I just bust through the door, wow, time to get out! Boom, boom, boom. And then this craziness is going off everywhere, right? And they wake up and they're like, you're crazy, daddy, laughing, and then they're awake. So this morning, I, I came in and said, today's your birthday! Woo! Boom, boom. Today's your birthday! Boom, boom. And it just keeps starting over. And I think I did it a hundred times. And they went from sound to sleep to ready to go. And it's 7.15. And I mean, they're ready. Because, listen, because with my mouth, I was able to change the environment immediately of the home. Literally from death to life because they were sound asleep. <clears throat> How many of y'all know that <clears throat> if I can do it that way, I can do it the other way? Because here's the facts, y'all. We have bad days. Are y'all with me? So we walk in and we carry our bad day with us. It's like a big satchel. And we walk in with us and our wife greets us, men. And this is what we give them. 
And we sit down, and it's just we, the environment of the room goes from happy watching uh, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse having a big time to eggshells all around me because I've changed the environment, even sometimes without speaking, just with what I bring into the room because they can tell. <clears throat> and it comes from, it comes from a specific place, and I want to teach that to you today. But I want you to see the whole purpose of life and death because you bring that into every place and every room that you go, but it's a misunderstood thing. People think, well, I'm saved, Pastor, so it's always life. Survey says, that is not true. You always have life in Jesus' name. The day you get saved, you're saved forever. You're sealed. You never have to go back. You never have to get resaved. You're saved. But that does not mean you're putting off what he put in. That's a line right there. Tweet. That's a good one. But this is the problem. The wisest man. I'm going to try it again. The wisest man that ever lived said this, and this is the basis of the entire series. We're never repeating the same things, but this is the foundation. you got to get this. He says, from the fruit of a man's mouth, his stomach is satisfied. He is satisfied by the yield of his lips. Now listen, because death and life are in the power. Somebody say power. power. Say it again. Say power. power. <clears throat> death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will, not might, will eat it's fruit. See, this is the problem is when I think about my tongue, I know that I can use it to make sounds. We practice speaking and enunciating correctly in our home. You have to use it in certain... <coughs> but I don't think it's powerful, right? I mean, it's tiny. It's tiny. But the, the power of life and death are in my tongue and I control rooms that I go into based on that, based on this, based on this tiny little muscle that's in my mouth. I control things and environments change, good or bad. Good or bad. So the title of today's message is Choose Wisely Because Everybody Has the Choice. But it's probably not what you think. It's probably not the choice that you think. And that's where I think we're going to have some eyes that are wide open to what God has to say to us today. It's probably not what you think. Here's why. <coughs> James 3, at the top, <coughs> pardon me, at the top of your Bible, or at the top of the page, if you have Bibles and you can turn to James 3, at the very top, it will say this, taming the tongue. James chapter 3, verse 1, right, right above that, it'll say taming the tongue. And this is the way that James, the half-brother of Jesus, described our tongues. This is craziness. And I want to show you the three different things that he described today. If we put bits into the mouth of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. We guide the entire body with the bit that is in their mouth. I have ridden horses before, but I'm not a big, I, I don't dislike them. I'm just not a person that's around them a lot. I know this to be true. Let's move on because I want to teach, that on, teach on that in just a second. And then he says, look, look at ships. Look at ships. Though they're massive, humongous. They're driven by strong winds. Push, listen, push by the wind. But guided, somebody say guided. By a very small rudder. They're pushed. The power to move them is in the wind. The power to... Make it go where it's supposed to go is in the rudder, wherever 
the will of the pilot directs that is so important. And then the next verse. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. Why? How great is a forest. And all of us saw the Gatlinburg thing that happened. A massive fire. It was devastating to watch those forest fires that were burning and burning. Homes were being destroyed. Everything was being destroyed. <clears throat> we know for a fact that one person with a small spark set it on fire. One person. I don't think they really meant to burn down the entire Pisgah National Forest, but they were, it was an inferno. It smelled like smoke at your house, didn't it? How crazy is it that it's set, set ablaze by such a small spark, is the word in the Greek. Such a small fire. Watch this. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members. Your body. Staining the whole body. And setting on fire the entire course of life. And set on fire by hell. By hell. Well, praise God, Pastor. I feel like I could take on hell right now with a water pistol. This is such an encouraging message. My God, this is crazy, Pastor. What is wrong with you? I just, everybody, let me hear you take a deep breath like this. We ready. Come on. Because I want to show you something. Now, these are the three things. But listen, before I tell these things. Right after this, in, in, in James chapter 3, it says... You can tame any wild animal, but no one, no one, no one, not the best person that comes to your mind, not anyone on the planet can tame their own tongue. It got even more awesome, Pastor. Thank you. This is great news. And then he says, we praise and we curse out of the same mouth. And you can't have a fresh water spring and a dead sea out of the same spring. That doesn't work. So we're at this, this big, big, big problem. There's an abyss between me and taming the tongue. There is a problem. What do I do? Well, well this is what we need to know first. <clears throat> My tongue is these three things. It's a bit. I'm not going to try to get real deep into it because we have some horse people in the room and I will look like a crazy person. Do you mean a cowboy pastor? I don't know. I'll just say horse person and y'all can decide. <clears throat> Jesus' name. But I know this, I've been around horses enough to know that I've seen a couple wild horses. Seen a couple wild horses. <clears throat> they look pretty on TV. Black Beauty's awesome, right? You think you can just go up to Black Beauty and I got her, right? I got him. He, that's an easy horse to ride on. Nope. <laughs> you get on that, watch this. You get around a wild horse and you're like, I'll just jump up on that horse. He'd be so pretty. He's so nice. Boom, boom. You get knocked in the face. That horse kicks you down. You got no tooths left. Everything's swolled up. If you're still alive, you are jacked up completely. You cannot control that horse. Come on, somebody in the room. Boom. If you've got, listen, if you've got the bit in the mouth. And you got the bridle, and you got the whole deal, and you saddle up your horses, and you got the whole thing going. Come on, somebody. You got the whole thing going. You got everything good. You still aren't going to be able to ride. Some of y'all in here, I know who you are. Y'all can ride them. I'm going to watch, and I'm going to sit behind the fence and go, that's so good. Steeplechase, that's awesome. Mark ain't getting on it. Because it is a wild animal that has to be tamed. When they're raised in your barns, you can tame them from little. When they grow big, you ain't going to tame it with all due respect. We ain't going to the Kentucky Derby with your horse. Come on now. 
But even with a horse that's been trained, if I don't know what I'm doing, I'm in trouble. And if the bit comes out, you may have gotten so close to that horse that you might have figured it out. But if we get on it, whew, I'm going to pull the horse's hair. It's going to go crazy, buck me off, and it's going to get crazy. I, there is so much of an art to this. And the Bible says that my mouth is that way with my whole body now. It controls my body. And when it's not tamed, it is controlling my body to devastation. The environments that I go in, even if I bring life to the table sometimes, death is more often than not what I'm bringing. My attitude stinks. Everything in life stinks. And I'm like, am I the only one in the room that feels this way? It's a struggle. I don't know what to do. And it's because of who controls the bit. The next one's a rudder. I think this one is fascinating because no matter how big the boat is, Today, we control it with engines. But even with engine-controlled and not just wind-controlled boats, if you can't steer it, <laughs> it ain't good. Because <laughs> you're either going to be stuck or you're going to be wrecking. And I don't want to do either one of those in the middle of an ocean. Come on, somebody. I don't want to be there. If, 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 if the tongue is something that cannot be controlled then that means that I'm trying to control it like the captain of my own ship, but I'm in big time trouble because I can't control it. It is uncontrollable. So I'm believing I got this covered and I'm steering us straight for that massive rock or that massive iceberg that I look at and go, it's only sticking up about this far above the water. I can go through this. He didn't call you to go through this. He already plowed through it. He's waiting on you to let him have the keys. He's waiting on you to let him have the, the wheel. And we think that we can take the wheel, but no, Jesus, take the wheel. Come on, somebody. That was bad. Y'all don't have to laugh. And then the last one, and I think this is maybe the most fascinating one, is the spark. I heard a coach that I really liked one day speaking <coughs> on leadership, and he said, I had to learn how to coach that player because he was a very unique character, but he was extremely talented. He was cocky. He was crazy. But I realized this. That kid was like a fire. And I could either let him warm my entire building up or it would burn it to the ground. He got on another team when he went to the NBA and it burned the teams to the ground. He never made it in the league because people didn't realize how to control that wild horse. And he burned it to the ground. In your home, if you have a fireplace, as long as it stays in the parameters of that, what it's supposed to sit in, we're good. But if a spark flies out and hits something, she gone, right? It ain't good. And it will burn up your entire home. What is supposed to warm you will kill you. And that's us. We have the power of life and death in our tongues. And they look like this. And we say all of these things, right? I love you. You did great. You did your best. I struggle with this one. I say to my kids all the time, especially Lainey, who is, who is very intelligent. She's athletic. She's playing sports. I am super competitive. I watch her. I believe she can do better. There's a difference between I believe you can do better and you didn't do your best. If the culture of my home is do your best and daddy will, will pat you on the back and that's all I ask is that you do your best. My mouth tells a different story sometimes, y'all. I tell them all I'm asking for is your best. But when failure happens in whatever she's doing, because I believe that there's more inside of her. Instead of building her up, I actually tear her down by saying, you could have done better. But daddy, you said, do your best. 
and I give death where life is needed in those situations. Y'all, if you've got a little girl in here and you're a dude, they need mama's love and they need your affirmation. If you, everybody needs their daddy's affirmation and daddies are the last ones to give it. So even if you don't say anything nasty, you bring death. There is always a need for correction. Now listen to this. Always a need for correction. And the older they get and the more mature they get, the less we have to correct. But you can correct and still build. Or you can barely correct, but they know you're so disappointed in them. I'm disappointed in an action, not in the person. Because I bring shame when it's in the person. And I bring guilt from the Holy Spirit that is convicting when it's in the action. It is clear to them, even if it's not clear to you. And throughout all of these things, you'll never amount to anything. You're lazy. You're stupid. You're away. There are so many stories about people that were crushed by something that was said to them in the fifth grade. They live the rest of their lives believing they can never be a success. But one teacher speaks life into them and says... I see so much potential in you. Austin, you're a world changer. I believe in you. And boom, something inside of them flares up. This is not a feel-good message. This is the Bible. Something happens to me when someone believes in me, when I respect somebody, when they're older than me, when it's a mom and dad, when they look at me and say, I know you screwed up, but I believe in you. I believe that you can do exactly what God's called you to do. And that means that you can do exceedingly more than you think you can do and abundantly more than you think you can do. But what do I do? I let my stuff dictate how I feel. I become offended in my own life, and I let it come into my home. And instead of bringing life and the atmosphere changing to positive, fun, exciting, and I'm going to show you even deeper and more important than those words in just a second, but I bring death. Here's some biblical terms. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 is the fruit of the Spirit. One fruit, different things. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. This is verse 22 of Galatians 5. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And against those things, there is no law. It, it, it is bigger and more powerful than the law itself because it is the Spirit of God coming out of you. But right before that, in the couple verses, it says, the works of the flesh are evident. The works of the flesh are evident. And then there's, listen, there's things like gossip and envy and discord and jealousy and rage and anger that keeps on going and all of these different things. And that is because something inside of me churns. And when hurt comes, churn. And it's my heart that is hurt. And it's my heart that brings out what's in my mouth. And life and death are in the power of my tongue. And it changes the environment every time I go in there and I look and say, well, I'm not that big of a deal. No one even cares about me. Listen, I don't care if they care. It's what you do. Y'all know the people that come in to your life, that come into the room and you're like, oh my gosh, they're fixing to talk about somebody. Oh my gosh, I'm sure they're going to complain because their life is the worst. They live in a 3,500 square foot house. They ain't missed a meal in, in ever. And, and they have all these things, but they have the worst life ever. And we judge them and they complain. And it's a, it's a, it's a vicious cycle of, of hate and jealousy. And we live under... Listen, we live under a fence all the time. It, it feels like to me, I need somebody to talk to me in here. It feels like to me that we're, we, we are excited and waiting to be offended. Life and death is in the power of Facebook. I'm about to get off of Jesus' name. We're so offended. 
Offense died. Offense died when Jesus rose. I cannot be offended by you if I don't know you. You can have whatever opinion of me you want. I don't care if you love or hate a president. I don't care if you love and hate all types of different things. I don't, I, I love you, I, but it doesn't, it doesn't affect my life. And I know that it's important because I know that they set the laws, the, the Congress and the Senate, and I know that the president is the most powerful person in the world, quote, unquote. I know all of these things are the case. Jesus, them, everything else, the devil, I don't care. Because I have the ability to be above offense by being a follower of Jesus Christ and then by understanding this. Here's what I want y'all to do this week. You have some homework but I'm not going to check your work. Luke 10, 11, and 12 would be awesome chapters to read because I think your eyes will be opened. I think your eyes will be opened. I want to pull a couple verses from there. Because Jesus said to the crowd that he was talking to in this case, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I believe, this is a little side note, I believe that's between Genesis 1, 1 and 1, 2. When the Bible says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and it was void and darkness filled it. There was nothing there. And then I believe Satan fell in that time. And then God said, let there be light. Out of his mouth, light speed came and there was light. I believe this is when he saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. And he said, listen, this is important. Behold, I have given you. I'm going to tell you who you is in the room. All y'all. I have given you authority. Somebody say authority. authority. Say it again. Say authority. To tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall hurt you. No apologies given here, but I'm about to preach somebody. <clears throat> we live so afraid as Christians. We live so afraid. We're so afraid. Listen, if one person says one bad thing about us, we are off our rocker. We'll let anything get us off our game. We'll let anything get us off. We'll let anything overwhelm us. We will let fear captivate our lives. The Lord did not give me a spirit of fear, but power, love, and of sound mind. I do not have to have the spirit of fear on me. Why? This is big. He's given me the authority. He's given me the authority. He's given you the authority. He's given you the authority. Here's what serpents and scorpions are. In Genesis chapter 3, we're introduced to the serpent that's the type of Satan that's a picture of the enemy and the scorpions are all the demons I know there's backwood churches that are hanging out today in Kentucky somewhere up on the hill that have the rattlesnakes out and, and they think that that's what it means that you can hold them no that means that the enemy is under my feet the reason you should never talk to the enemy like he's your equal is because that is elevating him to your eye level when he is under your feet. If you want to talk to the enemy, put a note on the bottom of your foot and tell him he can go back to hell where he belongs because he has no place in this house or in your home. There is no room for the devil. I know some of y'all are just looking at me, but if you've been come against lately by the enemy, I think somebody should shout with me in this place right now. We have authority. Authority. So this is why it's important. When I speak, I have authority. But if I have authority to speak life, I have authority to speak. Jesus said, if you have the faith of a mustard seed, you can look at it and tell it to move. And it'll go in the ocean. 
but I'm worried about what she told me, what she said, what she did. I'm worried about all of these different things. The power of life and death are in my tongue the entire time, and I'm trying to fix it. I'm trying to change it. I'm trying to make it better. I'm trying to make everything better. I'm trying to fix you. I'm trying to fix you. I got all these problems. Twelve people are struggling. How do I fix all this? I'm juggling. I'm juggling. I'm juggling. I'm juggling. There's one person that's waiting on you. This whole time, this whole thing I've been preaching, there's one thing, there's one thing, there's one thing that can change anything. And it's not a thing. It's a person. And his name is Jesus. He's the one that can change. He's the one that can bring new. He's the life. Literally, the Bible says in him was life. And the life was the light of all men. He is the life. And he is the one that makes it all new. And the reason there's no power in the enemy or in power of the grave is because of the one that makes all things new. And now watch what he says in the next chapter. That's a big word right there. Because when we're struggling, most of us forget God. When we're defeated, most of us forget God. When we're in doubt, most of us forget God. When we are overwhelmed to the point of crying and tears, we forget God. We remember God at the last minute. When we need a Hail Mary and to throw the thing up and say, I sure hope it'll catch something. But what about on the front end? What about today? What about when I'm not struggling? What about when I'm just a daddy and a husband? I need God. Because there's life or death in the power of my tongue. And I'm showing the world what I really believe. Not on a stage. Not when I'm in my, in my element. But when I'm just walking around doing life. He says, I tell you, just ask and I'll give it. And it'll be given to you. Seek and you'll find knock. And the door will be open to you. Seek, diligently look. And knock, and, and you'll receive it. Everyone who asks receives, and everyone who seeks finds, and everyone who knocks the door will be able to not watch this. This is huge. He says, what father among you, sinners, every person in here is equally sinful. It doesn't matter what you've done. We're all equally void of the presence of God because of sin until he invades our lives. He said, what, 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 which one among y'all dads, if your son asked you for a fish, would give him a serpent? And in your case, humanly speaking, this would be a snake. But in his case, he's like, no, listen, I'm not bringing the devil to this house. If you ask for blessing, I'm not giving you curse. And if you ask for an egg, would give him a scorpion? None of y'all would do that. And he says, if, if then you who are evil wouldn't do those things, how much more will God not bring the enemy against you or let him have any access to you or let him have any part of you even though he's whispering in your ear all the sins that you've done everything that you did yesterday all of the hurt that you had 10 years ago everything, everything, everything he says if, if you'll give good gifts to your children how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him how much more will the will God the Father give his spirit that he left for those who ask him. Now listen, this is big. I want to close with like a picture. <coughs> I want to do environment and then the Holy Spirit. And I believe it'll tie a bow on this message. And maybe some of you will have the light go off. <coughs> we all know what it's like to be in environments of fear. Some of you literally walked in here today, walking out of an environment of fear and into this place. <coughs> Do y'all know what happens on the first Saturday at 1 p.m. at every fire station? I think that's right. But at every fire station, what happens? That was a good siren, somebody. 
And on Saturday, the first of the month, when that siren goes off, we feel no fear. We're like, yep, it's time. They're testing it out. They're not doing it for you. They're testing it out to make sure it's good. This was a test of the emergency broadcast system. This is only a test. And, and we feel no fear, right? <coughs> Let that thing go off. When you're home at your house by yourself and you live close enough to the fire station and you see the clouds rolling up over the hill, I know y'all did the, fire, the, the tornado drill in school when you put the book over your head. But that don't help, because if I got books coming over my head, but I got trees flying in my house, ain't no book going to help somebody. Come on, except the holy book. Come on now. <clears throat> but we immediately, listen, listen. When it's not the first Saturday of the month, and they don't follow it or, or beginning it with, this is, this is only a test. And that alarm goes off. It, it, it doesn't matter how big or strong you are. You immediately think, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? You, 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 parents, you think about your babies immediately. Oh my gosh, where are they at daycare? I can't go fix them. You think about your husbands or wives. You think about everything in the world. And you, you then get, you, you try to, we bottle it up. We go, oh my gosh, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? Because the atmosphere was changed by simply a siren going off and fear grips us. And, and even though they say, do not panic, someone's got a gun. If, if someone declared that in here today and I wasn't telling you this ain't real, like, ah! and we're diving in, because Fear grips you. The Lord didn't give you a spirit of fear, but power and love and a sound mind. So how much more will the Heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Why do we struggle? Why don't we give life? Why aren't we hope-filled, life-giving Christians every day of our life? Because we try to do it on our own. Here's why, here's why. Because in our ears, we're reminded over and over and over and over and over. Like I do that thing at our house with letting the bell go off. This is what life is like for you. Even though he's under your feet, we still give him access to listen to him. And one time he reminds you of how nasty you were, how awful you are, how ridiculous you are, how much you can't, how much you don't how much you'll never, how much you should have accomplished more. It's ridiculous. I'm ashamed of you. I get, and that's how we feel in our life. I'm, I feel shame, shame, shame. It overwhelms me to the point that all I can hear is woo! And the siren's going off all around me and I feel overwhelmed and I'm trapped. And even though God wants to bust me out and to see life happen in Jesus' name, all I can see is the trap and the fear and the anxiety. Now I might put on a happy face, y'all. I might make you think that everything's good. I might come home sometimes and I might make people believe that it's all good. But in my life, eventually, because it's in here, it comes out and cursing happens in the place that praise should come out. Nobody can tame this because it's a this problem. And this is the problem. I don't know who's saved in here. Salvation is confessing with my mouth and believing my heart. He's my Lord. Not just he's a good dude that died and rose again. He's, he's overall and in all and through. He's taken my place. He's given me life. I was never good enough, but he became good. He became great. He became my sin so that I, I could have life in his name. The day that I get saved, listen. And some of you, that day is going to be today. But the day that I get saved, the Holy Spirit saves me. It's just the spirit of Jesus, if you don't understand, who he left when he went to heaven. Watch this. 
my bottle can only have 23.7 ounces of water, right? Can everybody agree with me? This is a 23, y'all can't see it, but just trust me. It's a 23.7 ounce bottle, which means it can probably hold 24.2. And after that, what's going to happen? It's going to spill over. So this is what I've heard argued. Once you get saved, you've got all the Holy Spirit you can get. Fact. But here's what they don't tell you. Here's what they don't tell you is, even though I'm saved, I get to decide every morning who's the boss. Because he's given me a free will. It's not a free will for salvation anymore. He sealed me. I'm his. But I still get to make the decision who's the boss of my own life. And every day, every day, every day, I decide the power of life and death. Not by what's about to come out of my mouth, but by a conscious decision of if I'll let praise come out or if I'll let the circumstances of my life dictate that the cursing is going to come out. All these things are And this is the decision. If I took this lid off and it was full, it can never get more full, but it can be empty. Are y'all with me? It can be emptied out. Being give the Holy Spirit to those who ask and being filled with the Holy Spirit is like this if I take this lid off and I throw this bottle into the ocean there is an endless supply of water that will keep filling me up no matter how many times I pour out it'll keep filling me up 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 it never will run dry that's a big old ocean out there y'all it makes up a big percentage of this entire world and I'm telling you it'll never run dry he is much greater and much bigger and much more powerful than that ocean and he will fill you up every day and every single second that I I don't live in the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. I'm living in the presence and power of Mark. And that brings forth death. And I may make it sound good sometimes, but it's all about him. Turn that bottle upside down in your life and say, I want all of you. I don't want to be filled one time and then think that I got my fill for the rest of my life. I don't want to be filled on Sunday when the pastor's talking and think I got my fill for the rest of the week. I'm ready tomorrow when all I've got to do is talk to my kids, talk to my wife, talk to my mama, talk to whoever, go to school, deal with people that are not living life. But I am life. He gave me life. I can give the life. So I want to be filled up. I want to be filled up every day. It was never on me. It was never on me. I was never called to be a world changer by myself, but I will change every environment that I'm ever in once he has total control of my life because He will. you will be emptied out but he will fill you back up you will be emptied out, but he will fill you back up you get to make this decision who's in charge of my life who will I ask to fill me every day will I ask Leah to fill me because I'll empty her out and I won't be filled up there is an endless supply of love and hope and unity in the presence of the Holy Spirit. There is an endless supply of death in the presence of me. And those who love it will eat of its fruit. A miracle can happen now because the Spirit of the Lord is here. And that's why I get stirred up by those songs. I don't get stirred up because I think I can change something. I get stirred up because I've been changed. I don't get stirred up because I hope that I can encourage you to do it. I get stirred up because I'm so encouraged because I've done it. And I do not try to manipulate you to do this, but I offer you this. You will never give life until his life becomes your life. Until everyone that encounters you may not understand you, you may be misrepresented, you may be misunderstood, but everybody that sees you will see you and say, I don't know what it is about that dude. I don't even like everything about that dude, but I want what he's got. I want what he's got.
I want what he's got. I don't want to preach like him. I wasn't called to do what he does. I want what he's got. Because what I do doesn't make me who I am. It's what's in here. Friend, listen to me. Everybody, everybody, equally, everybody, every, every color, male and female, old and young, I don't care. You have either or not trusted Jesus and given him your life. That's group number one. Group number two, today you already decided who's the boss. The two invitations are this. One, everybody in here is going to nail down the fact that Jesus is Lord. And if you've never done it, today's the day of salvation. Number two, we're going to have some people get up here. It's not magic. I'm not going to pour my smart water on you. He'll make you much smarter than I can. Come on, somebody. We're going to get up here and we're going to lay down before God and say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Not by power, not by my strength or my might, but by your spirit, says the Lord of hosts. I will see some things move in the presence of God. I will see life happen in the presence of God. I will see hope happen in the presence of God. I will no longer be defeated. I am not defeated. I am a kingdom man and I will see God shift everything in my life tomorrow when I wake up I will lay before God and say not me not me not me oh Lord standing in the knee I need you more than I've ever needed anything else I kneel before you I offer you my life a living sacrifice today Lord I'm yours do what you will boom I get filled up and I'm ready to go do it come on somebody I'm ready to go do it I'm a whoo I need everybody to just stand to your feet right where you are. I feel like we're going to close this way. And just bow your head with me. I believe there's a spirit of ministry happening right now. <coughs> Pastor, I feel like my heart's beating out of my chest. You're talking to me. I've never even given Jesus my heart in my life. Today's the day of salvation. for I don't care if you've been in church for 40 years. 40 minutes because today's your first time. Jesus paid the price with his blood that he shed on Calvary's tree so that you could have life in his name. But until he knows you as son or daughter, he doesn't know you at all. He actually says, depart from me, worker of iniquity. I never knew you when we stand before him one day. I need to know in this room, who wants to know Jesus and have life in his name, salvation for the very first time? You want to confess and believe that Jesus died and rose again and he will be your Lord and Savior. If you've never done it, don't you let anything hold you back. Today's the day of salvation. I believe with all my heart there are several people in this room that need to be saved right now. With everybody standing but nobody looking around, who will be bold enough just to throw a hand up for me and say, Pastor, you're talking straight to me. Come on. Who will be bold enough to say, you're talking to me? I need salvation. I need salvation. I need salvation. I need to be saved right now. I need to be saved right now. Who is it? I need to be saved right now. I need to be saved right now. <coughs> look this way. Everybody, sorry. Please look this way. That means everybody in here, Lord willing, is saved. Watch this. So everybody has this opportunity. I don't know you on a personal level for the most part. I know all of you in your face. I know all of you, some of you better than others. But I don't know what yesterday was like for you. I don't know what last month was like for you. I know what tomorrow can be like for you, Kylie P. And that doesn't mean that I know your circumstances, but it means I know the outcome of your circumstances, that good is coming. Because he calls those who he loves to good and to his glory. You may not get the circumstance, but you can get the peace. You may not understand the circumstance, but you can receive the joy. I need to know 
If anybody in here is bold enough to step out, I want your peers looking on this part. I want your peers looking. I'm not, I don't aim to embarrass you, but I want some people, I think this place is about to be filled. I want to know who wants to step out and say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I will be filled with the Holy Spirit every single morning. I will receive His love, His grace, His mercy. I'm saved, but I will not do it on my own because I will, I will represent His kingdom, not on my own, but filled with Him. If that's you, come on, right now. Come on, come on, come on, come on. We're about to sing a song as y'all come. We're about to sing a song called Fullness. <clears throat> it's crazy how well it ties into this message. I'm asking that you make this the declaration of your life. You can kneel down. I want you to do whatever the Holy Spirit is leading you to do. If the Holy Spirit's leading you to kneel, you kneel. If the Holy Spirit's leading you to throw your hands up in the air and cry and weep and snot, whatever it is. But I want you to know everybody in your seats, I want y'all to know this too. God doesn't fill you on a front row. He fills your heart every time you ask. There's a shift that's taking place right now at what I'm looking at. I'm about to get emotional. There's a shift that's taking place right now. I don't know why we believe this lie, but it was never about us. It was never about how good we are. It was always about the presence and power of His Spirit in us. I believe that things are shifting in your homes. Things are changing in your lives because of what He's going to do in you. I believe that your testimony and your and the way that you live your life is going to see families changed and neighborhoods changed and teams change and lives change in the presence of God. I believe it. God, I pray right now and declare in Jesus name freedom that chains are coming off that spirits are being filled with your spirit not by our power Lord you don't give us in this moment a spirit of fear but you give us your power your love and your self-discipline I don't have to tame my tongue you have tamed my tongue with your power and your presence Lord you have tamed the spirit of alcoholism you have tamed the spirit of homosexuality you have tamed the spirits that are coming all around we will not not be defeated by any enemy that is under our feet because we have the presence and power of your spirit. Lord, I believe life is happening in this room. Hope is happening in this room. We're not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus in us because it's what I am now. It is not what I hope to be. It is what I am. My identity is in Jesus Christ. I love you. I love you. And I declare that I am yours and you're my king. Now fill us up and run us over so you can pour us out and do it again tomorrow. We declare declare life in Jesus name everybody stay up here and declare the name of Jesus together we declare it in Jesus name everybody said amen